Well, howdy. Good to see you all. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us online for Real Men. We've got guys joining us all around the world. Some of them are in countries, cities that are closed. And it's a real honor to meet with you men and to invite you men to join us. And I just want to also say uh, for those who are joining us online, if you are a senior pastor and you want to come to the Trinity Church and you want to join us for Real Men, we would love to have you. We've had a number of pastors come in from around the country. They have looked at what we're doing and they've gone home to start a men's ministry just like this. I recently threw it out on Twitter and I think we have 10 additional senior pastors driving and flying in to come see you men and to go home and to start to gather their men to repeat what you guys are experiencing together, which is super encouraging, amen? Amen. All right, so uh, my name's Mark and I have the great honor of teaching and you're with the greatest group of guys. And if you're new, you'll, you'll figure it out quick. I'm not a flatter, I tell you the truth. If these were a bunch of hoodlums, I'd tell you for sure, but you're with some of the greatest guys and God is doing extraordinary and incredible work in and through these men. And what we're in right now is a series called uh, Pray Like Jesus based on a book that I wrote with my daughter, Ashley. And uh, I do a big sermon on Sunday and then I kind of do another big sermon for the men. And uh, this one is more of a leadership application talk for those of you who are men. And when it comes to prayer, most men really struggle with prayer because it tends to involve two things, emotion and communication. Two things that most men are like, yeah, I don't do that. Uh, I don't do emotion, I don't do communication. And so the big idea that we've been studying is that it really is about God as father, you being his son and learning to speak to and listen to your heavenly father. And no matter how old you are, it's always good to have a dad who's for you, amen? And so what I wanna look at tonight is uh, just some ways that prayer is a real benefit and real practical to men. Because I know some of you guys, you're not sold yet. So this is my, this is my sales pitch for prayer. First thing I wanna start with is a little bit of scripture. Uh, and what you'll see in each of these is that the Bible shows prayer is as necessary for the soul as air is for the lungs. Just as a person needs to breathe to live, a Christian needs to pray to live spiritually. It is not just something that we start and stop prayer, listening to God, speaking to God. It's not something that is part of our day. It is all of our day woven through. Uh, When you were a kid like me, if you had a bike and you're always working on your bike, prayer is not a spoke, it's the hub. It connects to marriage and sex and family and parenting and finances and investments and ministry that everything in your life is connected to that hub of prayer and that it's listening to, speaking to God to know how to do and what to do with the rest of your life. And so this is the intentionality, Romans 12, 12, be constant in prayer, meaning it's throughout the course of each and every day. Uh, Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the spirit, good times, bad times, early times in the day, late times in the day, day at work, day at rest, whatever time it is, it's always a good time to include prayer. Colossians 4.12, continue steadfastly in prayer. Keep praying, not something that you start and you stop, but something that is an ongoing habitual lifestyle. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.17 talks about to pray without ceasing. Uh, This doesn't mean that all you ever do is prayer, but it means everything you do includes prayer, okay? Your decision-making, pray and listen. Your parenting, pray and listen. Your finances, pray and listen. It's inviting God into every single aspect of your entire life. 
okay? So let me give you some real practical things that I've seen help men regarding prayer. Number one, prayer is a lightning rod for an angry man. How many of you guys, let's be honest, raise your hand, okay? If you want, raise a fist. How many of you are angry guys? How many of you guys are a little bit angry? And you're, and so, so, okay, so you angry guys. So for the angry guys in denial, you're not angry, but how many of you guys are intense? Okay, that's what angry guys, I'm not angry. I'm just intense and passionate. You're, that's, that's an angry guy in denial. That's an angry guy with a thesaurus. That's what that is. He just found, he found another word for his anger, okay? Okay, uh, and so how many of you guys, your first instinct is foot forward. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna respond, I'm gonna react, I'm gonna tell you what I'm thinking. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get into this, okay? How many of you, you've realized that doesn't always help, okay? I won't ask the divorced angry guys to raise their hand, but you know what I'm talking about, okay? That sometimes anger is not always the best response. And what happens for a guy who is angry, sometimes he'll get frustrated or he'll be hurt or he'll feel um, maybe dishonored or disrespected for a man, that's a big thing. And when he feels that kind of anger, the question is, what is he gonna do with it? Let me say this, either prayer is your lightning rod or someone else is. Either God grounds out the storm or they do. How many of you have been frustrated, angry, hurt, just really sick of it, and you turned your wife into your lightning rod? What does a lightning rod do? Grounds out the storm. I was a little boy, I went to visit my, uh, my grandma in North Dakota, out on the plains. That's where I was born on the family homestead, red, red potato farmers in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And I mean, you could see for miles, just flat as can be. And then man, this massive lightning strike hit. And then it was just one after another. I just never forget as a little kid, it lit up the night sky, shook the whole house, lots of force. And as a little kid, I was scared to death. I'd never seen or heard anything like this. I am spooked and I am freaked out. And my grandma's like, you're fine. I was like, what do you mean fine? Like God's angry, you know, like he's, he's sending stuff from the heavens. And she's like, you're fine. I was like, why am I fine? She said, uh, we've got a huge lightning rod here at the farm. So the family farm had a huge lightning rod. What's the lightning rod do? It takes all the power and energy of the strike and it grounds out the storm so it doesn't blow anyone or anything up. How many of you guys, you've made your wife the lightning rod? You blew her up. See, some of your wives have learned, when you get home from work, don't ask this question, how was your day? She's like, I don't know. Here's a beer, there's a chair. Like, don't talk to me, like you figure it out. You men, some of you, you're gonna have a lot of anger, frustration, angst, and you're gonna try and control it. And then eventually you're gonna ground out your storm on someone or something. How many of you have done that on one of your kids? Maybe they didn't even say or do anything big. And literally, man, the lightning struck and they literally, they literally absorbed the blow of the strike. What a prayer opportunity is for a man. It's saying, you know what? I am really angry, really frustrated. I'm gonna go to God in prayer and I'm gonna have him be what? My lightning rod to what? Ground out my storm. And if you wanna know what this looks like, men, read the book of Psalms. A lot of the Psalms is written by David, who's a warrior. He's tough, he's strong. I mean, he, he killed bears as a kid, he killed giants. I mean, he's quite a record, really. He slayed a lot of people, he's a tough guy. 
there are moments that he really is angry and frustrated. And the Psalms are recordings of his prayers where he is going to God and he is grounding out his storm. He's being very honest. He's being very real. He's very wrong. God, I'm so frustrated. I'd like to kill them. They're driving me crazy. I can't do this anymore. He's grounding out the storm. Some of the Psalms are really raw. And you're looking at it going, is this a man of God? This is a man of God who is honest in prayer and invites God to ground out the storm. You don't need to self-medicate. You don't need to get drunk. You don't need to get high. You don't need to download porn. You don't need to just bottle up all of your frustration. You don't need to go off on your coworkers. You don't need to drop the hammer on your kid. You don't need to raise your voice to your wife and you don't need to kick your dog, okay? And you don't need to call talk radio and talk about inauguration. We're not gonna get into any of that. <laughs> Instead, you can pray and ground out your storm. Okay, number two, prayer is a release valve for the pressured men. How many of you, there are seasons, times, maybe you're in one right now, you feel like you have more pressure than you can handle? Maybe your health, your wife, your kids, your grandkids, your business, your finances, you're like, I feel a lot of pressure mounting and I can't, I can't handle it anymore, okay? What happens to a guy who carries too much pressure, burden, responsibility? Physically, what happens to those guys? Heart attack, stroke, high blood pressure, suicidal thoughts, self-medicating to bring down, okay? Bad thing, ice cream, there's an honest testimony, right? I, he's like, you know what? I, I do accountability partner with Ben and Jerry and then I'm fine. You know, like we're good. So <laughs> other guys, it's like, no, it's uh, Jim and Jack. That's, that's, not, that's my accountability partner. <laughs> not good. So anyways, um, what happens if a man doesn't release the pressure? He blows. And so what guys will do, if they don't get a healthy release valve for the pressure, they'll get an unhealthy release valve. So what are some of the unhealthy, unhealthy release valves for men under pressure? Be honest, what is it? Alcohol, Alcohol sex, sex. Gambling. drugs, gambling, porn. porn. And we just passed a casino. So congratulations, you went right instead of left. Okay. Isolation. Isolation. That's an honest one. A lot of guys are like, I can't handle any more people, problems or pressure. I'm going to withdraw, retreat. I'm going to isolate. Okay. And violence, sometimes you just wait until like, I can't handle anymore. I get angry, I get aggressive and I blow up. Um, some years ago, I, I was reading a story. It was in a neighborhood not far from mine. Uh, my dad was a general contractor and I thought this was kind of funny. A guy had his uh, hot water heater out in the garage and he noticed that it was dripping a little bit. So he thought it had a leak in the release valve. He didn't know what the release valve was for. So he, uh, he took some caulk and he sealed up the release valve on the hot water tank. Okay, okay. good or bad idea? Okay, we just found all the homeowners, bad idea. What did he turn his hot water tank into? A bomb. Good news, we're not leaking. Bad news, we have a hole in the roof. He literally blew the roof off of his house because that hot water tank was built to withstand a certain amount of pressure. And then when it hit its limits, it would have a release valve. Otherwise it turned into a bomb. Here's what I'm telling you. You don't just have a hot water tank. You're a hot water tank. 
okay? Amen? Some of you guys are built like one. You're like, that explains my shape. <laughs> I didn't know where to put the belt. <laughs> okay? You... <laughs> Prayer can be a release valve. And it's a lot better than yelling, self-medicating, downloading porn, getting violent. What prayer can be for a man is a release valve. It's going and saying, I need to talk to God about this. Maybe even I need to go out in the woods and I need to yell for a bit with God about this, okay? And it's releasing the pressure. And sometimes it's just talking it through like, okay, Father, I know you're there. I'm your son, I'm inviting you in. Here's what I'm dealing with, here's where I'm at. Usually for me, this looks like jumping in my Jeep and going into a remote place, because I like solitude and I will go for a hike or a walk and I will literally just, literally sort of work it out with God. And recently I uh, did this and apparently I had a lot of pressure. I broke my Jeep. I was frustrated. I was like, I'm gonna go for a prayer drive. Let me say this, it's way cheaper to go for a prayer walk. <laughs> I decided I was gonna go for a prayer drive. I broke my windshield. I broke my cam. I broke my rockers in my motor. I broke my axle. I broke my tie rod ends. I broke my springs. I broke my shocks but my check engine light never came on. <laughs> I did, however, have a little bit of low air tire pressure and that came on, that was it. And so I, I knew that I needed to get time with God, but even in that moment driving my Jeep, I was so frustrated. I was like, God, I'm gonna, here's what I encourage you. Find a healthy release valve and mine wasn't a great idea. It cost me a lot. One of my kids can't go to college now. I mean, that's, <laughs> I told him, dad was on a prayer Jeep drive. You're gonna have to get a trade. So what prayer is, it's a release valve for the man under pressure. How about this one? Prayer is a dump truck for the burden man. How many of you guys, you just feel like one thing after another, people are just dumping a load on you. Your boss dumps a load, your family dumps a load, your extended family dumps a load, your friends dump a load. And all of a sudden you're like, I can't carry this much. It's too much of a burden. Some years ago, uh, we bought a house and I did a full remodel on it and uh, put an addition on the house. And uh, my dad was a general contractor. And so I served with my dad. My dad helped me as the general. We, we just did it as volunteer. And then we ran the subs to save the money. And so I'm trying to save money on this addition that we're building on my uh, house. And so I had an old pickup truck and I thought I'd use it as the the dump run truck. It was a 1976 Chevy Silverado. The kids named it Chuck the Truck. And uh, my dad and I, and my brother, we threw a 350 in it with a four barrel. Uh, it was a crate motor. It was a good old truck, all rusted out in the floorboards like the old Silverados do, but it ran good. So I thought, I'm gonna use that as the dump run truck. So the guys were ripping the rip off and rip, ripping the siding off and they were just using my truck as the dumpster. Well, these guys, weren't paying attention, they completely overloaded my truck. Uh, my, it was down on the leaf springs rubbing and uh, I had uh, more city slick tires under it, racing tires under it than what I probably should have had under it. So next thing I know, all my tires are totally collapsed or down to the rim, okay? What do I need to do with that truck right now? I gotta get it to the dump. And if I don't dump the load, I'm literally gonna break the truck, I'm gonna break the axle, I'm gonna pop the tires, it can't carry anymore. 
Here's what I'm telling you. Some of you don't need to be tougher. You need to dump the load. Some of you don't need to be stronger. You need to dump the load. Some of you don't need to break your axle. You need to dump your load. Prayer is where men dump their load. It literally is God, I'm burdened. There's so much on me, I can't carry it. I'm gonna transfer it to you. And sometimes it is God, I can't save that person, but you can. So I'm gonna pray for them and transfer that burden to you. God, I've done everything I can to try and find a job. I need to just give this burden to you. I'm doing everything I can, but I need you to carry this burden with me and show up. God, that kid that's rebellious or that kid that is a prodigal, I love them, I'm praying for them, I'm pursuing them, but Holy Spirit, I can't change hearts. You're the only one who can do that. I'm transferring this burden to you. I need you to go get that kid, okay? And what prayer can be for a man, it's where you take the load that you can no longer bear and you dump that load on the God who can bear it. And this is where it's hard sometimes for men to pray because we wanna be burden lifters, not burden givers. We wanna be problem solvers, not problem makers. We wanna be the guy who shows up and fixes it, not the one who needs to be fixed. But here's the big idea. Think of it in this way. How many of you, if your son needed you, you'd do anything for him? How many of you, your son needed you, you'd do anything for him? Dad, here's what I need. I'm in, I'm your dad. Here's what I'm telling you. He's your dad. And one of the greatest things that any dad can do for their son is when they have burdens they can't carry to help offload. Hey, let me help you with that, son. Let me carry that with you. Let me take care of that for you and get that load off them so you don't crush them. Here's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter how old you are, God is still your father, you're still his son. And there are going to be burdens that come on a man in this life that he can't carry, but your dad can carry them. That's how you pray to God as father. Okay? And it doesn't mean you are less than a man. And some of you guys, I just feel inclined in the spirit to say this. You feel like if you drive until you break, that shows what a man you are. It doesn't. It shows you that you're a boy carrying a man's load and you really need your father's help. God is not looking to break you. He's looking to help you. Okay, That's the father heart of God. Next one, uh, prayer is the gas pedal for the timid man and a break for the aggressive man. How many of you are the timid guys? Okay, don't, you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> they were like, okay, some, some guys are a little more timid, meaning even sometimes God will speak to you a burden. You're like, I know it's right, but I have a hard time with confidence in proceeding forward. And as soon as there is opposition or there is difficulty, did I make the right decision? Should I go back? Should I continue? This is, this is how some men are wired. Prayer is where God clarifies his calling for you. And for you timid men, what that will give you, that will give you a supernatural courage. Some guys proceed forward, not because they're courageous, but because they're stupid. True? Some guys are like, I go forward. <laughs> That's not always a good idea. If you're going very boldly in the wrong direction, that's not leadership, that's suicide. Okay. So for you guys that are a little more timid, what prayer will do is if God clarifies a calling on you, you will have a confidence. You'll have a supernatural confidence and it will override your personality. It'll make you stronger than you by yourself. How do I know this? What comes to mind is I'm verbal processing with you. There was a guy in the Bible, one of Jesus' disciples, we'll call him the guy who occasionally could get the most timid and fearful. His name, 
Peter, I'm all in. And then a girl comes up, do you know Jesus? I don't know. Fear kicks in, he gets a little timid. He knows what's right, but he's scared to be honest and move forward. Once he gets clear directives from the Lord Jesus, he becomes an unstoppable force. He is crucified upside down because he is unwilling to be crucified like Christ. He goes from a man who is a little bit timid to a man who is ultimately unstoppable. And his personality didn't change, but his calling did, okay? Some of you have excused your timidity with your personality. God doesn't need to change your personality, but he needs to override it with his calling and will for your life. How many of you, if God tells you to do something, you're gonna do it with more confidence than if you simply thought it was something that you had decided, okay? So some of you timid men, what prayer will do, you'll say, you know what? That's what God says to do. So guess what? That's what I'm doing. Well, you're usually not this brave. Well, I'm usually not this cold. Okay. There have, I, I love my wife with all my heart. She is my favorite person. We've had some very difficult seasons in marriage. You know, obviously it was her fault. I forgave her. We worked it through. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. She's not here. Don't tell her I said that. So, um, but before I married Grace, God spoke to me. He said, preach the Bible. Mary Grace preached the Bible, trained men and plant churches. So there have been certain times in our marriage where I've wondered, or even in our relationship, do I continue to go forward? Now, I'm not there today. We're in the best season of our whole life. So I'm super happy. But how many of you, if you're married, you're, if you're honest, there are moments or days or seasons where you're like, do I keep going or am I going down the wrong road? If can we be honest? I mean, our wives aren't here, so we should be. Uh, we've all had that thought, amen? God spoke to me and said, Mary Grace, you know what that means? Go forward. That's his call. And sometimes there would be hardship on the horizon, but now we're over the horizon. Praise God, his will was best and my life is blessed. And what got me through and will, will get us all through some of those real trials and tests is a certainty of calling that came to us in prayer. No, God said, do this. And so I'm gonna do it. And that's what faith is. Faith is trusting the call of God until you see the fulfillment of God's calling. Okay. How many of you, you're not the more timid guy who has a hard time going forward or continuing forward. You're more the aggressive guy. So some of you guys, you ride the brakes. Others of you guys, you, you don't use the brakes ever. You're the forward guy. You're like, I go forward. I don't hit the brakes. I just, I go. I just go forward. Does that always work? No. Sometimes you need God to speak to you and say, slow down, take a right, take a left, pull over, take a break. For those of you that are alphas, you live foot forward. You're more aggressive. Your guys I always tell so I always tell people, my favorite three things are progress, progress, progress. Those are my favorite three things, okay? I like to get things done and then I like to get more things done. That's what I like, okay? But there are times where God is like, son, slow. Son, stop. Son, wait, 
okay? Because there's God's will and there's God's timing. And if all you're ever doing is moving forward, you could get ahead of God's timing, even if you're in God's will. And that's not good for you. What prayer does for the timid man, it makes him courageous to move forward. For the aggressive man, it makes him wise to proceed at the right pace and to hit the brakes or pull over when it's time. And this is in relationship with your father. This is where the father is literally directing you. So let me, let me give you an example that comes to mind. I just kind of see it in my mind's eye. When my, um, when my sons were little, I had one of my sons who was a little more timid. When it would come to baseball practice or a sports team or going to school, he was more, more anxious, okay? So as a dad, here, what do you think I would do? I would take his hand and I'd go with him, okay? For you timid guys, that's what prayer is. The father takes your hand, you're his son. He's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk you into that future. One of my sons was, another one of my sons, totally independent. Like at two, he was ready to move out, you know, just cook for himself, you know, join a gang. I mean, he was, he was just done at two, super independent. He was always that kid, one speed forward, fast. He was that kid. You take him to a water slide park, run right up, come down a hundred miles an hour, did not know how to swim, but he was all in. He's that kid. Okay. Was scared of nothing. Any of you raised a son that's scared of nothing? Those are the scariest sons. They're always trying to kill themselves. That son is always trying to kill himself. They're going to climb on the highest point. They're going to find the sharpest knife. They are going to eat something in the garage. I mean, th that's just how they roll. They just wanna see what happens. If you turn, you know, antifreeze into a popsicle, they just wanna see what happens, okay? With that kid, what I would do is on occasion, I would hold him back. I would lovingly say, whoa, 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 son, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So with one son, I'm walking him forward. With another son, I'm holding him back. Prayer is for us as his sons, for those of us who are more timid, he's gonna walk you forward. For those of us who are more aggressive, he's gonna hold you back. And it's because he loves you. Okay? And it doesn't matter how old you are, you still need your father. And he still knows what's best. Uh, prayer allows a father to connect before they correct. How many of you are dads? Okay. Let me give you the secret weapon to fatherhood. His name is the Holy Spirit. Every parenting book that doesn't mention the Holy Spirit isn't very helpful because they overlook the greatest asset in parenting. You can work on your kid's behavior, but only the Holy Spirit can change their nature. How many of you, you were a wreck and the Holy Spirit got in you and that was the issue, he fixed you. So um, what I would do with my kids before I would um, discipline or correct them, I would connect. And so my line is always, you have to connect before you correct, okay? How many of you, your dad would correct, but he did not connect, okay? You need to connect before you correct because all you're doing is punishing them unless they know that you love them and you care for them. And then you're actually fathering them. So I'll show you exactly what I would do. I can be an intense personality. I know it's shocking. Uh, I, hate, I hate to break that kind of shock on you. I'm an intense personality. My kids are little. What do you think it's like for me? I mean, I got this voice and I yell for a living. I'm a professional, right? 
all of that coming down on one kid. It's a lot, amen? amen? So what I would do, I would literally, some of you seen me do this before, uh, I would get down on the eye level of my sons and my, my daughters too. Why do I come down to their level? Because Jesus came down to my level. Jesus didn't just stay up in heaven and yell commands at me. He came down and stood on the earth and looked us in the eye. He did that because he loves us. And what he was doing, he was connecting. So Jesus came down to connect so that then he could talk to us and correct. So I would look at my sons, uh, my one son, uh, actually, uh, yeah, I didn't think I'd share this. Uh, my one son, uh, it made me start crying this week. He sent me a text. Ever since he was little, I would get down, I'd look him in the eye and I'd say, son, who am I? He'd say, you're my dad. I'd say, how do I feel about you? He's like, you love me. And I would always ask him, son, I need to talk to you about something, but first I need to ask you a question. I need you to be really honest with me. What's that, dad? Of every person on planet earth, who is first in line that is for you and wants good for you? And he would say, you, dad. And if he ever didn't say me, then we had to deal with that issue first, okay? Because before I correct him for anything, I need to connect. He needs to know that I am for him before I speak to him, okay? And he'd say, dad, you love me the most. You're first in line. You, you're, you're, you're my biggest champion. I am, son, I totally am. Okay, now I need to talk to you about this. I'm gonna talk to you about something, but first, before I do, I'm gonna pray so that you would know that I love you, that I would have um, love to communicate it. And I'm inviting God into our conversation because me and God, we want you to be a great man and we wanna bless you. And I would lay hands on my son. My sons, all three of them would do the same thing. When I would put my hand out, they would, as little boys, they would close their eyes, they would lean their head forward and I would put my hand on top of their head and I would pray over them and then I would correct them. For those of you guys who are like, oh, I, I whip my kid with a belt. That's, that's punishment, not correction. Well, I, I yell at him. That's abuse, not fathering, okay? If you open their heart, um, you don't need to use a lot of force because you already have the force of being their father. And the greatest force is love. And so if you open their heart, then the Holy Spirit will do the work. So my son recently sent me a text this week. Uh, I won't say which one. My boys are all older now. And he said, uh, he said, Dad, as I become something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, he just thanked me for being, uh, thanked me for being the one person on earth who his whole life has been first in line to seek his good. That's all my son needs to know. If he knows I am first in line to do you good, then if I'm talking to you, it's because I'm trying to help. And oftentimes as fathers, we're yelling at them because they're inconveniencing us. We're not blessing them, okay? And so what prayer allows, it allows a father to connect before he corrects. How many of you, you discipline your kid and they just get more defiant and stubborn? Pray over them and invite the Holy Spirit into their heart and into the relationship and see if that doesn't change things. There were multiple times with my kids, even my strong-willed sons, that I would pray over them. They would look at me and they'd say, okay, dad, they would actually bring up the issue. Okay, dad, you're probably gonna talk to me about this. And 
God's already talked to me about this and let me just own it. I wouldn't even need to bring it up. I'd be like, yeah, I was gonna talk to you about that. And they're like, yeah, you prayed for me and the Holy Spirit talked to me about it. Now we can just have a conversation. You men are the most powerful force in the life of your child, humanly speaking. And the Holy Spirit is the most powerful force in all the universe. If the two of you work together, imagine what it does for your kid, okay? You wanna be a conduit of the Holy Spirit to connect before you correct. And prayer allows that. And sometimes you literally gotta just hold your kid and pray over him before you have the hard conversation or before you have the correction. Here's another one, number six, uh, prayer allows the husband to touch your wife's soul before her body. I'm gonna give you some real secret benefits to prayer, okay? How many of you, okay, now don't raise your hand because I know there's unanimous vote. How many of you guys would like more sex and better sex, okay? There's only two guys that don't vote yes, liars and dead guys. <laughs> All the other guys vote yes. Every guy wants more sex and better sex. True or false? It's true, one honest brother. Frustrated apparently, very loud. <laughs> Voice cracked a little bit. We hit, we hit a sore spot, okay. Uh, here's the key, your wife's number one need is security. For your wife to feel emotionally, sexually, physically safe, she needs to feel spiritually safe. Even the way that God hardwired your wife is she can't be sexually present unless she's relaxed. If her body is defensive in fight mode out of fear or flight mode, which can cause disassociation, she's not present and, and, and it's, it's, it's not a good experience for both of you. What most men think is if I had better sex, we'd have a better relationship. What most women think is if we had a better relationship, we'd have better sex. Let me just say, she will determine the order. <laughs> Some of you are saying, you're like, I disagree. You're adorable. <laughs> you're adorable. You're adorable. You can believe in myths like that, okay? Us married guys know that you are the leader and that if you will touch your wife's soul, you'll be touching the deepest, most powerful part of her being, and then you can touch her body. How do I know this? Prayer connects a husband and a wife at a level that is deeper than sex for the body, okay? This is why there are single guys who will sleep with girls, but not pray with them. Why is that? because the praying together is actually at a greater depth of intimacy than the sleeping together, okay? I know a lot of guys who have cheated on their wives. I don't know any guys who have prayed regularly with their mistress, okay? And so if you really wanna touch your wife's body, the key is to first touch her soul the deepest, most intimate, precious part of her, the part that will outlive her body after her life on this earth cease to exist. Your wife doesn't just have a soul, your wife is a soul, okay? For some of you healthy, older, married guys, 
you have learned that by praying with your wife, praying over your wife, praying for your wife, you're connecting at the level of the soul. And eventually that changes the depth and the intimacy and the connection of the body. Statistically, I didn't mean to get into all this, but there's a guy named Bradford Wilcox. He teaches at the University of Virginia. He runs the, I think it's the National Fathering Project. He does the greatest research on men and marriage. He says that uh, men who regularly go to worship, read their Bible and pray with their wife, have more sex, more enjoyable sex and higher marital satisfaction than any other group of men in America. I quoted it in the Real Marriage book. Uh, There was uh, another research project done. I didn't do it, but it said that uh, women who read the Bible with their husband, pray with their husband, worship with their husband, actually have the most orgasms of any women. Okay. And so what I'm telling you is if you touch your wife's soul and you invite God into the relationship so she feels secure and safe, which is her highest need, then when you touch her body, you will find that you're having a very different relationship because she doesn't feel like you're just using her body because you first served her soul, okay? Let me say this, I wanna honor some of you men. My wife is running women's ministry. So tonight her and I will talk and see how your marriage is going. But but what, what she said was the women around the tables are crying that their husbands are praying over them and praying for them. Um, I had one new table lead, a young woman, she's engaged to be married. And because we were way over capacity last week, we need to build new buildings. We broke everything, we're growing so fast. Um, But this young gal got assigned a table and it was all older women that sat at her table. I was talking to this young woman. She said, all the women at my table were older, like 50 plus. She said, Every single one of them, she said in the last few weeks, was the first time that their husband has ever prayed over them or prayed for them. She said they were all weeping. She said, it is healing something that was broken in their soul. And she said, they were talking about how much more they love their husbands, how they feel safer with their husbands, how they feel closer with their husbands. I'm not telling you to do this to manipulate your wife, but to love your wife and to see what happens, okay? And if you're just like, well, babe, I'm gonna talk nice to you and pray for you when I get what I want, okay? How many of you, if some dude said that about your daughter, you would not be happy? Well, once she's good in bed and does what I tell her, I'm gonna be nice to her. How many of you guys would be doing prison ministry from the inside if that was your son-in-law? <laughs> Amen? Let me tell you this, before your wife is your wife, your wife is the father's daughter. And the father doesn't mind if you touch your body, but he would like you to first touch her soul, okay? A couple last ones. Prayer allows the leader to meet with your father before you meet with anyone else. How many of you have just went in to have the hard conversation, the conflict, the discussion? You're like, okay, we're just gonna get into this. You need to, in prayer, game plan, get coached up by the father before you have the hard conversation. Before you're like, I'm just gonna go talk to my wife. You better go talk to her dad. Before you talk to your wife, you better go talk to her dad. Okay, father, it's your daughter. I wanna love her, she's driving me crazy. I'm sure if I start with a harsh startup, this is not gonna end well. This is a sore subject. Maybe God, if you could talk to her, I'll just shut up for a while. Maybe you could have her broach the issue and open it up to me 
right, Father, if I do have the conversation with your daughter, how do you want me to have this conversation? See, I'm at the age now where one of my uh, daughters is married. I really love my son-in-law, we're close. What I really appreciate is sometimes he's trying to figure out my daughter. And you know what? I've been there her whole life. So I could be a real advocate for this guy, okay? And so there are times when he will come to me like, okay, I love your daughter, I'm trying to figure out this, explain your daughter to me. How do I feel about that? Overjoyed, I love my daughter, you love my daughter. Her first priority relationship now is with you. So I went from, you know, on the field of her life to coach on the sidelines. It's now your life, your new family, you guys do your thing. But if you can come over to me once in a while and just let me coach you up so you could get back on the field and love my daughter well, 100%, I'm ready to do that. Sometimes it's good to meet with the father before you meet with anyone else. Sometimes it's good to game plan the conversation with the father before you game plan with anyone else. Sometimes it's good to go talk to the father and see if he doesn't go talk to them so you don't even have to talk to them or he would talk to them first, okay? And particularly when it comes to your marriage relationship, and for some reason, I just feel very inclined in the spirit to emphasize this tonight. If he's your father um, and your dad will coach you up, and he's her father, and he knows his daughter the best, wouldn't it be great to go talk to the dad before you go engage the daughter? And don't you think that the father would really wanna help you figure out how to love his daughter? Okay. This is where for men, when we neglect prayer, we neglect this great asset of father to help coach us through all the seasons and circumstances of life. And then the last one, prayer allows the frustrated guy to verbally process with God instead of gossiping. How many of you guys, you'll get frustrated or something will be on your mind or a problem you gotta fix or something you gotta solve and, and you verbal process. Okay. I do this professionally. People always say, show me your notes. Uh, yeah, there's really no notes. I just kind of verbal process. But that's not always a good thing, right? How many of you, sometimes you leak or vent? You get off the phone and you're like, who is that? Ah, Tony, alcoholic, jackalope. And you're like, yeah, I probably should have just tucked that in. You know, because now we're at work and I just totally slammed my boss, okay? And what can happen for a man is that we can leak, we can vent, we can verbal process. How many of you guys have done that? And you're like, I'm just gonna shut up. I'm not saying anything to anybody. And just became very quiet and withdrawn. That's not healthy either. You do need to process, verbally process, think it through, sometimes vent. And the best place to do that is not with them, but with him, with him, okay? How many of you, your kid came home from school, they were just sideways. They're like, my teeth, you're like, just bring it to me. Look, just vent, verbal process, talk it out. Let me help you figure it out. Just bring it to your dad. Let me help you figure this out. No matter how old you are, you're always his son. He's still your father. And here's what I'm telling you. Some of you, you verbal process. How many of you verbal process leaked or vented at work and it didn't help? You're like, I should have talked to God about this, not them. How many of you have leaked, verbal processed or vented and your kids were present and you dumped a big burden on them and you freaked them out? Yeah, that didn't help. How many of you, you did it with your wife? You're like, I should have talked to God, 
the father, sorted this out and then brought my conclusion to my wife. Instead, I brought the problem to my wife and I've overwhelmed and burdened my wife, okay? Men who pray are emotionally healthy. Men who pray are relationally healthy. Men who pray make better Christians. Men who pray make better leaders. Men who pray make better husbands. Men who pray make better fathers. Men who pray make better employers. Men who pray make better employees. Men who pray make better lovers because men who pray become better sons. And the Father will help you with everything if you'll invite him. I love you. I want good for you. Our goal is not to beat you down, but to build you up. Our goal is not to discourage you because you're not where you should be, but to encourage you to begin wherever you might be. And so what we're gonna do now, we're gonna pray. Probably shocking. Some of you guys were like, I like the lecture on prayer, I'm not praying. Oh, you're gonna pray, okay? And don't ask for prayer requests for other people. Don't be like, oh, my boss is a jerk, my wife's crazy. Uh, my son's like his mother. We'll pray for them next week, okay? <laughs> okay, pray for you. So here's the two questions. How can, you, how can you pray for you right now? How can you pray for you right now? You're like, I need to pray for this. And then what are you going to pray for? Who are you going to pray for this week? So what I'm asking is, what's your request? The Bible says, make your request known. Like, okay, here's what I'm, here's my prayer this week. Here's what I'm praying for me. Could you also join me in praying for this for me? And then number two, who can you pray for this week? Some of you are wondering, you're like, how do I be the spiritual leader in my home? Just start here. Honey, is there anyone or anything I can pray for you about? And then pray over. Hey kids, is there anyone or anything I can pray for you about? And then pray for them. And if they don't give anything, they don't say anything. So you know what? I'm just gonna pray a blessing over you. God, I thank you that I get to be married to this woman. I thank you that you've given us these years together. Thank you for giving us these kids. Anything you're thankful for, just pray a blessing over. Your kids, just, just put a hand on them. God, thank you that I get to be their dad. Thank you that they're this age. Thank you that they're learning these lessons. Thank you that you've given them these abilities. Ask who or what can I be praying for? And if you don't get an answer, then just bless. Because the key to be the spiritual leader in your home is not to answer every question and do everything right, but to have the Father's heart and to bring his blessing. Father, as men uh, prepare to go into a time of prayer together, I pray against the enemy of servants, their works and effects. We know, Father, that in addition to you, there is the father of lies. And he wants to lie and discourage and condemn and... Um, and he wants to attack these men. And God, in Jesus' name, we declare them to be sons of the living God. We declare them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we declare that they have all that they need for life and godliness. And Lord God, they have a father who is there to help them. And Lord, we just say thank you. We say thank you that we're not orphans, we're sons. That we're not on our own, that you're always present to hear and help. And Father, I just wanna publicly testify and say thank you. You have walked with me, you have corrected me, you have instructed me, you have comforted me, uh, you have given me courage when I need it, you have given me pause when it was required, and God, you have gone before me to change hearts and prepare resources, and God, you are a perfect father. 
And I just thank you that you listen to our requests and that you speak to us and that you wanna direct our steps and you wanna be for us. And I thank you that when the Lord Jesus came to earth, it was your way of looking us in the eye and saying of everyone on planet earth, I'm first in line to bless you and to do good for you. And so Jesus, we say thank you. And we thank you for bringing our spirit-filled request to the Father. And we say thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys, thank you.